Good morning, good morning, and good morning to you too. This is Law of the Land with Gloria J. Brown Marshall. I am so excited to be with you this morning. And before we get to our guest, someone I know you've been expecting and hoping, and yes, it is our own Dr. Candace Johnson, who is going to be here today to talk to us, explain to us, and answer my questions regarding travel and the Omicron variant. That's going to be a little later on, but first I want to talk with you about um, the Fifth Amendment, um, lynch mobs, and the Capitol. Yes, because um, right now we have a House committee, the U.S. Representatives, that's the People's House, and that House committee to investigate the Capitol attack is going on as we speak. And those people who, and I call it a lynch mob on the Capitol, attacked the Capitol on January 6th of this year. Yes, that's the kind of year we had. Um, we had um, Donald Trump in his last uh, pitiful attempts to stay in office and had his people rallied up on the Capitol with plans to attack it as we see more and more evidences indicating. Um, we also had the... Um, COVID virus attacking and so many um, people losing their lives were struggling to find a vaccine. This was all in January of this year. We then had finally um, some type of change in our politics, but the change in attitude is still gripping many people in this nation um, who want to believe that um, Donald Trump is more than he is. And he's a great salesman, as you can tell. He sold a bill of goods to a lot of people and continues to do so. Um, but I want us to, to think about this interweaving of these attacks, the attack of the virus on us as it mutates the attack of this uh, political mindset that we have to go back in order for some people to go forward. The attack on the Capitol was one that reminded me as soon as I saw it, I was live on the air on WBAI giving um, a, a blow by blow of the counting of the ballots necessary under the Constitution to confirm the winter winner of the presidential election. And it was in that winter season that I heard the chairs fall in the background, the scuffling noises, and I knew a fight was going on somewhere, and that fight was going on in the Capitol. I had no idea of the intensity of that battle that was taking place on January 6th of this year. Here's the thing, the interweaving of the attack on our country with the attack on our bodies and our way of life, both under attack, both insidious, whether it's COVID or this idea that racism and xenophobia, this, this nationalistic spirit that has taken over so many people, this idea that they are going to be replaced by the unworthy, that the white male will be replaced. And this is not something of just the, the, the uh, fringe groups. Actually, a study was just out indicating that even though it was 96% white men involved 
these white men were not unemployed, you know, people who were without education or a future. That's the part that makes it most insidious. These are people who are business owners, uh, well-employed in our military, in our police departments, our fire departments. These are people who are part of our fabric, who aren't living in these fringe areas without any connection to um, newspapers and, and media to, to know that and have some balance regarding their, their stance on politics or anything else. These are people who live in cities and decided that they had become victims of equality, victims of equality. And I'm calling that, I, I created that phrase. They believe themselves victims of equality because the playing field had been tilted so long by law and violence in favor of white men that certain white men feel cheated by equality. They believe they are victims of equality and they're going to be replaced by Latinos, by African-Americans, by women, by Jews, by the other. And they believe this so wholeheartedly that they see as their hero, Donald Trump, and what he represents in the going back to a time period of basic white supremacy without question of the 1940s, 50s, and then therefore they could go forward in this new century. And in order for that to happen, equality must cease. And that's why you could see the push against, you know, basic teaching of our American history, because then it shows that the playing field was made uneven intentionally in favor of the white male and especially the white middle class and upper class males, and that the white working class male, as what took place in the 1800s, was there to be the overseer, the protector. Those, unfortunately, when you look at law enforcement, and I'm not picking on law enforcement, I'm just telling you the history, and the history is that law enforcement stems from the bounty hunters, slave catchers, those militia put in place to maintain the order of the system, to put down Native American uprisings, to chase out Asians and Latinos if they got out of their place. And unfortunately, because law played such a large role into maintaining the system, prosecutors didn't prosecute, judges turned their backs, politicians gained office on the heads of those people who were oppressed at the time by placating and playing toward this sense that if you don't put them down now, they will replace you. They will rise up and be equal to you. Equality has been the villain in this whole playing out of white supremacy and especially the male white male as the person who is supposed to be the leader of all things. I go back to the dissent in Plessy versus Ferguson when Justice Harlan wrote eloquently about this, that he believed that the white race would be the superior race of all time based on its natural condition 
It's intelligence. It's history. And it would forever be that. Remember, he dissented in the case in 1896 of Plessy versus Ferguson that began separate but equal in this country, which was never equal. The idea of segregating the races. He dissented from that opinion because he said if it's natural for the white race to be superior, then it will be. There is no need to have these biased laws put in place to subjugate one group and make them lesser than and put another group or race above them, the white race. Because if this is a natural tendency to be superior, then they'll do so naturally. However, we know it's not natural for one group to be superior to another. And that's why racist laws and violence become the tools. This is an ongoing discussion we're going to have leading up to the anniversary of the January 6th lynch mob on the Capitol for us to understand just what we're dealing with. They're thinking of calling Donald Trump to testify. We then have to hear once again his constitutional right to take the fifth. And when you hear people take the fifth, that's under the Fifth Amendment, which states, nor shall person, I'll add, be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. So no person has to testify against themselves. We have a protection against self-incrimination. And so when you hear someone taking the fifth or saying that I will not um, testify or not make a statement on the grounds that it could incriminate me, they are relying on the Fifth Amendment, which is something everyone has a right to do. We're going to follow up more on that. There's so much to unpack, as they say, when it comes to the investigation of the lynch mob on the Capitol. We'll be right back. And after this music, we'll talk with Dr. Candace Johnson about what we should do over the holidays. How should we prepare ourselves? Should we just stay home? All these questions and more. We'll be right back. Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Hitch up your reindeer uh, Go straight to the ghetto Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Fill every stocking you find The kids are gonna love you so uh, Leave a toy Johnny, leave a dog for Mary, leave something pretty for Johnny, and don't forget about Gary, Santa Claus, go straight to the ghetto, Santa Claus, go straight to the ghetto, tell him James Brown sent you. Go straight to the ghetto You know that I know what you will see Cause that was once me Hit it, hit it You see mothers and soul brothers Santa Claus, 
go straight to the ghetto. Santa Claus, oh Lord, go straight to the ghetto. Fill every stocking you find. The kids are gonna love you so. Fill every stocking you find. They know that they need you so. I'm begging you, Santa Claus. Go straight to the ghetto. If anyone wanna know, tell them Hank Ballard told me so. Santa Claus. Go straight to the ghetto. Never thought I'd realize I'd be singing a song with water in my eyes. Santa Claus, go straight to the ghetto. Don't leave nothing for me. I've had my chance, you see. Santa Claus, go straight to the ghetto. Santa Claus, a soul brother needs soul. Santa Claus. Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto. Yes, in this Christmas season, there are too many people who are doing without when all around them there are these commercials and glittery things and all this to buy, and they have no money. Be kind to your neighbors. Help a child in need. Give to those organizations and nonprofits that are working in our communities. Help to make this season bright for those people, especially those people who have been underserved and would greatly appreciate your donations. We are now moving to our conversation with Dr. Candace Johnson. And Dr. Johnson, hello, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I am so sure that everyone, when they heard your name, said, oh, my goodness, where has she been? So we know you're in Detroit now and have yes. moved from Virginia a few years ago and doing a lot of community nursing there, teaching others who have gone through nursing school how to pass those exams and go out into the community to help others. And you started an organization. What is that organization? Yes, I started an organization, Dr. Community RN, LLC, which is all about health education. I have really uh, enjoyed teaching public health and nursing, as you've just mentioned. And uh, so I've started my own organization to try to bring a pipeline program to community-based uh, nursing assistants and, and PNs who want to move on uh, to become registered nurses. So that's my desire to get more people into nursing uh, from a community level. So that's what I'm trying to do here. Well, you will be successful, I am sure, and that is drcommunityrn.com. But let's jump into this mess we have right now as we try to survive yet another variant. People have heard a lot about Omicron and um, I, I'm just, uh, just going to ask basic questions because these are things that I'm curious about. How do they decide to name it Omicron in the first place? How do they come up with these names for viruses and variants? Yeah, it works a little bit like the way uh, we name our hurricanes. You know, it's uh, already preset that we're going to use the Greek alphabet. So it starts with it started with the ancestral strain, which came out of Wuhan, China, 
And then it went on to the alpha variant, which was uh, uh, the first letter of the Greek alphabet, which was in the UK. So uh, the beta variant then came about, and that one came out of South Africa. And then we went on through the numbers. And honestly, it has to first be called a variant of concern for it to be, that's what it's named before it's given its Greek name. And Omicron emerged as a variant of concern about six weeks ago, and it got its name once it was determined that this is going to be uh, a pandemic-level strain that's going to make its rounds around the globe. So the Greek alphabet sets the tone for how they're named, and we apparently are up to the letter O, so I think that's about the uh, eighth or ninth uh, variant that we have now named. And as far as this Omicron, you said that even though there was another variant out of South Africa, this one was enough to become a a pandemic strength, I guess we could say. What Mm -hmm. makes it so? Well, in South Africa, they have one of the best surveillance systems in the world. they're, They're second to probably Denmark, uh, Hong Kong, and a couple of other places where they're actually testing the genetic sequencing of the virus itself. So they have the ability to uh, amplify the DNA of these virus strains and take a look at them to see how different they are. So um, this beta variant was um, more, it had some variations or some mutations on the spike protein. And the spike protein is kind of what we use to make our vaccine. So we kind of keep track of that because the more mutations happen on the spike protein, the more evasiveness that um, these variants will have when they come into contact with a vaccinated person. So that's what we're seeing with Omicron. And as long as the disease keeps replicating in human beings in the population, there's always the possibility for a new variant to emerge because it gets into the body of a person who essentially develops antibodies, but then it gets reintroduced into the body of another person who has been exposed to someone who has antibodies. And then apparently there's this back and forth um, of resistance and, and protection and resistance that leaves us in a situation where we have these viral resistant strains or we have these strains that um, are able to, in the case, in the current case that we're in, with Delta still surging, um, to outcompete other variants. So after a while, uh, the beta variant went away, um, got crowded out by Delta, actually, uh, and then now here comes the Omicron threatening to uh, crowd out even the Delta variant, which uh, in some places is still surging. For example, in the United States, it's surging there in uh, New York City, um, uh, and well, the entire state of New York, New Jersey, which is one of our more populated states, and as well as uh, Chicago, one of our largest cities. So Delta variant is still making its way around, but it, 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 the way Omicron is moving around the globe, it appears that Omicron is crowding out or becoming the dominant strain as it comes into contact with people who have been infected with Delta, who have been vaccinated. Um, It's a pretty fast, quick-moving strain, and it just happens to be that South Africa first identified it, and uh, not only that, but they are experiencing a high burden of new infectious disease there, although they are not experiencing the severity of symptoms 
that we saw with Delta. And that is my next question. How is it that you have one variant like Delta that could cause so many deaths and others like Omicron so far indicating that it will have lighter symptoms or people will not have the type of life-threatening consequences when they come in contact with Omicron? That just speaks to the power of a virus. You know, a virus has this ability to mutate quickly. And the fact that the virus even jumps from species to species shows how powerful and how um, competitive these viruses are for our healthy immune systems. So they have to have a human being in order to replicate because they need the machinery that we have in ourselves. So they need humans. They need uh, living beings. They need mucous membranes, if you will, um, to, to be able to plant and plant themselves and create and proliferate. So once they begin to proliferate, you know, we do see that sometimes they can mutate. And mutations happen as a result of DNA copying over and over again. So the virus is RNA, which is a single strand of genetic information. But when they get into our bodies, they kind of hijack our DNA to use that machinery to keep on replicating. And the millions of times that these viruses replicate will cause sometimes what we call transcription errors in the replication, and those transcription errors will bring about mutations. And what are mutations? All of these um, RNA, what's the message coming from the different RNA particles? It's symptoms. It's basically symptoms. So a package of RNA might have a runny, runny nose in, 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 uh, in one variant um, that goes along with a fever. For example, I'll just speak right to Omicron. It presents like a cold, whereas the uh, Delta variant presents like the flu. So with the Delta variant, you may see people who have a high temperature, continuous cough, and a lack of taste or smell. All right, whereas now with this Omicron, we're just seeing people having runny nose, sneezing, scratchy throat, headache, and fatigue. So each variant comes with symptoms, and essentially that's what it's spreading on to us. Symptomology that in the early days of the um, uh, COVID-19 global pandemic were in, in, included uh, pneumonia and severe inflammatory responses. And each of us has a different immune system, so you never know how your immune cells are going to respond to any given variant. But in terms of communities, we can see that overall, some, var some variants tend to be more problematic than others. So for that reason, I believe Omicron could bring about um, some immunity without the price of uh, the death and the severe disease that these prior variants were causing. Oh, very interesting. So um, it could be helpful to, to get Omicron. We're not asking anybody to run out and do that, uh, but right. don't, don't have any of those Omicron parties so that you can get it and therefore feel right. you're shielded from everything else because we still have a lot of the Greek alphabet to go through. <laughs> so. How is it that it appears in South Africa and, and not in other places? Is it that the other places weren't looking for it? Because the African countries are now being uh, punished and that having um, the inability to enter other countries because it was found there. But that doesn't mean that's where it started. That's just where it was Absolutely. located. Is that not true? 
It's so true. As a matter of fact, uh, the the they're being uh, potentially judged or uh, treated harshly because they have such superior surveillance systems. So as a matter of fact, in South Africa, they have this public health surveillance tool where they can explore wastewater, where they can see just how much a virus is being uh, excreted into waste into their sewage systems. And just by taking random tests of the sewage systems, they were able to determine that asymptomatic COVID spread was happening all over South Africa. Mm. So in other words, asymptomatic implying that people didn't even know they had it. And so then they went into the hospitals and they actually COVID tested people who were in hospitals. And then they realized that many people who were there for other reasons were in fact COVID positive. So that speaks to the fact that this variant is more asymptomatic and that there are people walking around with it who don't know. Now, this isn't just South Africa. A Houston, Texas hospital last week performed some public health testing of a similar type where they just randomly tested people who were admitted to the hospital for many, many different reasons. And they found that 40% of the people in the hospital were COVID positive. With this Omicron variant, didn't even know they had it, some of them. So what we're seeing here is just a, a product of good surveillance. And so Denmark is still experiencing things. Italy, the numbers are rising. Germany, they are experiencing. Actually, Germany is one of the countries where they are actually doing more travel bans on a lot of these countries, and the U.K. is experiencing an explosion as well. So the doubling rate is every two days. Now, to give you a reference, the Delta doubling rate was about two weeks, meaning that that's how long it takes for that virus to double. All right, so the way the numbers are going, Omicron is going to be all around the nation, all right, our nation by February. Um, it's going to be inundated. But we are going to have to deal with two pandemics in the meantime as we get to the place where Omicron then takes over Delta. Because as I mentioned earlier, Delta, the more dangerous strain, the one that's still causing hospitalizations and deaths, Delta is still surging in places that had not yet had the Delta surge. So as this spreads... Human beings are helping it spread by traveling. However, this is a tricky um, topic, I understand, because these are the holidays, and we've been on lockdown now almost two years. What are we to do? I, I really want to have some insight. Uh, we know this is the Christmas holiday. We know we just finished the Hanukkah season, going into New Year's. And what is it that we could do as a precaution? You're saying that Omicron is going to spread no matter what. It could be spreading on um, the the food that's being shipped around or, or people who have businesses that have them still traveling. It's going to spread if we're on lockdown or not, because I know many cities are deciding and countries whether or not there should be a lockdown. So what do you advise? Do we stay home more than we have even before? Do we just wear a mask and go out into the world? And I'm sure we're not going to hold you to account, but let's just have a discussion on the do's and don'ts and the pros and cons on traveling for the holidays. 
Okay, well, I will mention about three approaches that one might decide or put into their decision tree as you decide what you might do, all right? Because it is catchable. It is uh, it's up to 10 times more catchable than Delta was, which was the most catchable strain we had seen prior to that. So here are the three approaches. Now, vaccination or booster, that is one approach, and I'll give you more detail about that. Barrier methods, uh, such as masking, uh, is also effective. Supplementing or optimizing your own uh, immune system is also another way we could approach this. And finally, there are treatments and therapies out there in case people do come down with a strain, Delta or Omicron, that brings about problematic symptoms. So I'll start first with vaccination. As of Thanksgiving, the FDA has recommended a booster shot for pretty much everyone. But definitely if you're 50 years or older or immunocompromised and or in a high-touch direct care industry, you have been recommended to get the booster. All right, the boosters appear to enhance immunity through, although Omicron may break through, being vaccinated will likely cause less hospitalization. We see that with Delta. We anticipate the same with Omicron. So immune escape is what everybody's worried about, but what it, it, it apparently, you know, 50% of those people I was telling you about in that Houston hospital are were vaccinated, fully vaccinated. So even if you are vaccinated, it is still quite possible that you can catch this highly, highly, highly contagious variant. So you're right. We are most likely going to be in, um, introduced to this. So I also um, have here in my list of suggestions, uh, um, in addition to the vaccine, okay, or the um, actual booster, um, to go ahead and consider optimizing your uh, your own health, your own immune system. You can do that with zinc supplements. You can do that with vitamin D. It is very important for people who are darker skinned. Well, let's put it like this. The darker the skin, the more slowly you produce vitamin D, all right? And then if you're in the the home more often than out and in the sun, as, you know, we typically tend to be during the winter holidays, you're going to be even less protected. So vitamin D does support the immune system, so it's okay to supplement uh, with vitamin D to improve your chance. Research does show that using vitamin D supplements to correct low vitamin D levels leads to less viral and bacterial upper respiratory infections. So zinc supplements as well, along with that vitamin D, would be very helpful, and vitamin C. Okay, so all of these would be very helpful to just making it so that your system is girded against the potential for a bad or, um, you know, a poor symptom profile where you're suffering with a lot of symptoms, even if you do get infected, all right? And then there's the barrier method, which has been a very um, reliable method throughout this pandemic, all right? And that does involve masking with KN95 filtered masks, all right? So if you are to use that either in layers with a cloth mask especially if traveling on a plane or traveling in close quarters, this may be helpful for you. And if you have a short flight um, and you have some distance, you know, between you and the people sitting next to you, 
there's a good chance that you uh, may not contract the virus. Um, but it is still important for you to be faithful for, with that and wear the mask in the proper way um, because it is a barrier method. If you don't use it properly, it, um, you can have failure. So with that said, um, those, those are ways that we can think about protecting ourselves from getting the virus in the first place. However, if we do come down with the virus, um, it is important to ventilate to be in um, places where, you know, you cannot, um, where you can actually quarantine yourself or isolate yourself away from others so that you don't spread the virus to them once you've determined that you're positive. But in many cases, we're all living together in congregate um, housing scenarios. It comes down to where, you know, ventilation is going to be very important. But also um, there are treatment therapies out there that include a pill, apparently Pfizer has produced a COVID pill. Merck had a pill that works a little, or had a spray, a treatment spray that works a little bit like Tamiflu. And then there are all these other um, injectables like monoclonal antibodies that can be used to help support people. Um, and there are other medications like steroids and um, remdesivir and other agents that can be helpful if you were to come down with the virus and to have an inflammatory course that progresses and gets worse. It is important for everybody to know when to go to the hospital or to the doctor to seek treatment, and that has to do more with temperatures, fevers, if you develop fevers. As I mentioned before, Omicron doesn't come with a fever, but uh, Delta does. So perhaps if you did, you know, get exposed to one of the others, and we will have dual pandemics as we travel for the holidays. So you're not just protecting or thinking about protection from a, a simpler um, cold-like uh, variant, you should also consider that you, you could still be at risk for Delta, particularly if you live in an area where Delta has not already washed through. So and we're talking my... with Dr. Candace Johnson. She is CEO of Dr. Community RN, drcommunityrn.com. So you can go to Dr. Dr. Community RN. So that's DR, the word community, RN.com. As we um, begin to have our, our last moments with you, and this, will, of course, will be our last moments in uh, 2021, but we will see you in 2022 um, uh, on the radio, that is. And so let's go to this last part. As people balance out traveling with everything you've said, which is very scary, but at the same time, we have the loneliness, we have the mental stress, we have the isolation, and the physical atrophy that comes with just staying in. The human being wants to be in a community, wants family, wants loved ones, wants to hug grandma, and yet mm -hmm. stay alive and not infect others. In our last moments, please tell us, if we do come together, if we make that decision to come together, and be in a home, sitting down to eat our meals together and laugh and enjoy each other's company, what should we do? How can we make ourselves feel at least we tried hard not to infect others or to come back sick? Well, I would, that's a great, great, you know, so many people have made their plans already. So many people have already invested in getting together. And you're so right about the mental health component of this, this this entire pandemic, I would suggest that if you're going to have um, meetings, consider ordering COVID-19 testing kits, lateral flow testing kits. They work a lot like pregnancy tests, except 
you deposit your saliva onto the testing reagent. And then you'll look for one or two lines to see whether or not you're positive. That is a great way to ensure that everyone in the room is COVID negative. We used to go with the, um, with the temperature, and I still think that's a great idea. If you have a digital head read thermometer, um, that might be a good idea just to get a sense of who might be viral because a fever tends to give an, an indication, of even a low-grade fever, that there's some kind of infectious disease going on in the person. And those are the folks who will spread it, the people who have the fever or the people who are sneezing or coughing. All right, so I would consider that. This is how it spreads, so whatever you can do to mitigate that or to decrease that. If you can have a socially distant affair, that would be great. If you can keep people about three feet from one another, then you won't have people speaking directly into the nasal passages of others where this thing might spread. But let me tell you something. Omicron is so catchable that many people had it and they didn't even know they had it. So if it's Omicron, I'm, I am, my projection is that people will likely, um, you know, not even know that they had it. But if it's Delta, um, you, you know, you never know because the timing is such that it could be one or the other. So you really want to consider um, those suggestions. One way to just be a little bit more um, confident, though, is to consider getting those lateral flow tests and having everybody take them before coming together. That is oh, definitely um, you know, have the people who are coming in from out of town or have the folks who are, you know, not um, um, in the, 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 the core family unit to be tested before mixing with the uh, family members. So that and, is one and, thing. You and we could have tests at the, at the home. Let's have tests at grandma's place. I mean, mm-hmm. let's continue. Mm-hmm. Give each other tests as well for gifts. And and what about keeping the, a window open or a fan flowing mm-hmm. through air, you know, so that there's not going to be the stuffiness that could take place. And the, and the last thing, can Omicron actually open people up by um, attacking the the immune system that makes them more vulnerable to Delta. So are you saying could Omicron make them more vulnerable to Delta? Yes, because as the body is like dealing with Omicron, I mean, and and wouldn't it make it uh, more susceptible in a way to being attacked by the flu or Delta or something else? We do know that people have co-infections. We have seen people have both the flu and COVID at the same time. So with that said, the body, you know, more likely you would think that you wouldn't have two versions of COVID at the same time, that the body's producing antibodies that might protect against the other one. But all of that takes weeks to build up. So with that said, um, by the time a person is exposed to Omicron, they won't have the time to develop the resistance against Delta. If anything, having had Delta in the past will likely give you more protection against the newly oncoming Omicron. So past infection has been shown to, um, especially in the last 30 days, has been shown to be protective uh, for people who who are facing uh, new strains. So um, there is some protection if you have had it recently. But if you've had it greater than 30 days ago, you may consider getting a booster um, at some point with your doctor's, um, you know, guidance, because I do believe that there's a lot of manipulation 
of the immune system when you have a disease and then you add a, a, a vaccine to it. Um, sometimes people go into a hyper-inflammatory state and you don't want that to happen. So definitely if you had it already, consider speaking to your healthcare provider about when to go ahead and get the booster if you're worried about catching Delta. But if you already had Delta, then it's likely that you will have the antibodies to protect you from having Delta again, particularly in the last, I would say, 30 uh, to 60 days. Thank you so much, Dr. Candace Johnson. My you pleasure. are a miracle for us and a wonderful, um, knowledgeable person caring about the community, and we can feel it. Thank you. And of course, as I've said before, 2022, you will be right back here, hopefully, telling us more that what we need to do to stay healthy so that we can do the work we've been placed on this planet to do. Thank you and have a wonderful holiday. You too. And thank you as well. You too. That was Dr. Candace Johnson, and she is CEO of Dr. Community RN, drcommunityrn.com. And where else but WBAI would we spend this time talking with her about so much? And I know you have a lot of other questions and concerns that you want to raise, and we will try, of course, to have her back based on her schedule. She's busy, but look at the time she spent with us. And this is WBAI, 99.5 FM, WBAI.org. Be a BAI buddy. Support what we do here. Support law of the land. I try really hard, and so do you. And, and I'm just, I'm so proud of you. You know I think my listeners are the smartest. But I'm so proud of you. We've gone through a lot this year. As I said, we started off with a, a lynch mob on the Capitol, and we've been through all of these different variants and continue to stop, try to stay alive and, and try at the same time to be good people, to maintain community, and to make our neighborhood, our country a better place. We do all we can and so much more is expected. And I know we're worn out. It's been a tough year. I'm worn out. I lost my mom. I went through all so much and everyone has their story. Everyone has had their burden. And I hate to add to it. I really do because I am so proud of you. But if you can give to BAI, I'd appreciate it. If you could support the show. I'd appreciate it. You know, a lot of people have asked you on BAI to, to be a BAI buddy and, and to call in and support us. And I, I want to ask you as well, um, if you can, please do so. It would mean a lot to me. And um, the pledge line is 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. It, it, it would mean a lot to me because I know you're out there and I know that you like Law of the Land and that I try very hard to think of you when I'm coming up with my topics and my guests and, and to make sure that I'm trying to hit the notes that you want hit. And if there are topics of interest to you, let me know. You can email me at gbmarshall, that's Marshall with two L's, at WBAI.org, G.B. Marshall at WBAI.org. Now, you tell me what other media actually says this to you, to, to say what is it that you want to know? What can 
I do to help you better understand this world. And you know, even though Law of the Land is about law, I expand well beyond what traditionally is thought of as discussion about legal issues, because I know that law is made up of people and people are affected by law. And day to day, we are in the most litigious nation in the world. We have more judges, more lawyers, more court cases than any other country. And yet there's so little that is explained to us about law as it affects our lives. So that's why I feel I provide a service. And in order for me to do this, for us to have this on the air, for us to be able to have engineers like Kathy, like Michael G, then we need to actually have funds coming in. And if you could, please be a BAI buddy my buddy or, you know, contribute, get that BAI mug that I drink my tea out of, you know, when I'm doing my show. And once again, that is 212-209-2950, 212-209-2950. I'm going to open up, I want to hear, and we don't have a lot of time, so maybe I'll be taking two or three calls, but I want to hear are you staying home? Are you going out? What have you decided after hearing all of this that's going on in the world? What are you deciding to do? You're, are you going to stay home and stay, um, I, I guess, uh, one of these people who doesn't want to put themselves in jeopardy? I think I'm staying home, but I'm still I haven't made up my mind, nor have I made up my mind to get the booster for full disclosure. You know, I haven't gotten the booster, so I've got to decide that as well with everything else going on. We'll be right back, and I want to hear a couple of calls. We have time for a couple of calls. What do you want to do? What do you plan on doing? This year has been so hectic. So we'll be right back, and that calling line is 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. Let me know what you're going to do. This, this season, this week, Christmas is this weekend, 212-209-2877. We'll be right back. Bells will be ringing the glad, glad news. Oh, what a Christmas to have the blues. Baby's gone. I have no friends to wish me greetings once again. Choirs will be singing silent night. Oh, Christmas carols by candlelight. Salutations Just as sure As the stars Shine above Baby, this is Christmas Christmas, my dear That time of year To be with a 
Yes, this has been a heck of a year. That was Kelly Clarkson. Come home for Christmas. Are you coming home for Christmas? Are you staying in? Uh, but what are you doing? Good morning. You're on Law of the Land. Good morning. You're on Law of the Land. Hi. Uh, I will definitely be out and about. I am shocked at the amount of publicity this uh, new virus has gotten, considering that there has been no deaths, and it sounds very much like a cult. And I will be listening to Gary Knoll, and I'll be listening to uh, another show that's on WBAI. Thank you, thank you. Next. And we have another caller on the line, I hope, who's going to also tell us what they're going to be doing for Christmas. And in the meantime, I want you to know that Kwanzaa, of course, as we know, that starts uh, the day after Christmas, and there will be a Kwanzaa celebration. Many of them, one of them is is going to take place um, in Brooklyn, and that actually is in Brooklyn, but it's online. Yes, this is going to be a virtual Kwanzaa. So you can participate in this virtual Kwanzaa. And if you go to www.iaafestival.org, www.iaafestival.org you can participate in a virtual Kwanzaa. I think that is a no-holds-barred place to be online with a virtual Kwanzaa. Here we are again and if we can possibly go to a virtual Kwanzaa that would be fantastic. That, that sounds like so fun. You can learn more about it too and not have that awkward feeling like I can't pronounce everything. Should I even be there? You can find out more about Kwanzaa. Just go to that iaafestival.org. Okay, so we have another caller. Good morning. This is Law of the Land. How are you? Hello. Yes, good morning. You're on Law of the Land. Peace. Sister Gloria, this is uh, Dr. Shago and Chewbacca. How are you? Oh, I just announced the your virtual Kwanzaa. <laughs> yes, yes. So people can tune in. I will most likely, as I do on most of these uh, holidays, I'll be home. I think if people are moving about, they need to move about with a jaundice eye and with a lot of reluctancy because, uh, you know, I have people on our staff that are already sick. And, uh, you know, we have to be very, very careful. Uh, and these holidays are flare-ups because uh, the population does not want to exercise any discipline. It's interesting that in closing that uh, I just read that China has not had a death since January, and we're supposed to be so free, but actually we're probably too free. And uh, we have all of these uh, um, multiplying and duplicating of this virus because I don't think people are exercising enough discipline. So I'll leave okay, it at that. And Again, join us for Kwanzaa on December 31st. December 31st. So why don't you give a few more, uh, just very quickly, a few more details about our, our virtual Kwanzaa. Okay, yes, thank you. We'll, we'll be having uh, the creative Kwanzaa, Dr. Marlana Karanga speaking. We have entertainment from uh, Patsy Grant and uh, 
Stanley Banks and Friends. We have and, Universal and the African date Band. is and let's to the date December thirty first at eight thirty New York time, eight thirty East Coast time, five thirty West Coast time, and that's PM. So, uh, uh, yes, PM eight thirty. Okay. PM. Thank you. All right. Thank you so okay. much. Um, we are. Much. Yes. All right. And I'm I'm not quite sure if we have time for one more call. Do we have time for one more call? Hello. Yes. Hi. Good morning. You're on Law of the Land. Uh, good morning. It's Chris from Connecticut. How are you? I'm doing well. Quickly, because we're down to our last seconds. Right. What are you doing Gloria, for you this holiday season? Gloria. I heard you mention that you uh, hadn't gotten the, you're on the fence about the um, the vaccine booster. Um, I'm going to try to put this as gently as possible, but because um, I see what's going on in, with African-Americans in this virus. It's killing disproportionately high numbers of them. Um, and a, a lot of them need to, how do I put this gently, stop taking the position of their former party regarding these vaccines. Okay, let's move on. At the end of the day, what we have is a question on the floor. Um, My my decision as to whether or not I'll take the booster is not a political one. So if that's uh, anyone's concern, it's not a political one. I'm deciding whether or not I'm going to take the booster. My six months won't be up until next month. So we will see what it is that I am able to do. Um, We have uh, of course, uh, last moments. I think that we don't have enough time for another caller. But what I would like to do, I'd like to just say this um, to my listeners um, and all the BAI family. I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. And whether or not we agree or disagree, uh, you uh, find that certain things on the show you like, other things you may not. I'm just proud that we were able to survive another year. We've been through a lot. And when we look back over this this year, these last 18 months, we'll see how much we've been doing, how much we've had to do, how much stress we've had to bear, how much loss we've sustained. I just want you to know, young, old, everyone in between, I'm proud of you. We've been through a lot and we've been through a lot together. And I look forward to seeing you in the new year. And uh, I want to end with this idea that yes, um, this weekend is Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Kwanzaa. Be kind to yourself and gentle with one another. We've been through a lot. And I leave you with this. I'll see you on the radio, and I wish you all love and respect.